Although many of us strive to be the best dad we can be, many physicians struggle with finding balance between their life at home and their life at work. This is the Imperfect Dad MD Podcast, the show where we discuss topics involving our minds, bodies, beliefs, relationships at home, and upping our game with our business practices and financial knowledge to better improve our role as dad in the lives of those around us. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy Toffel, physician, husband, father to two boys, and self-proclaimed imperfect dad. Join me as I learn to raise my own imperfections within all these topics. Now, let's get to today's discussion. This is the Imperfect Dad MD Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy Toffel. And today's episode, I have an interview with Dr. Phil Boucher. If you are not sure who Phil is, he is a general pediatrician out of Lincoln, Nebraska. He is a husband. He is a father. I think they have six kids. We'll talk about that in the interview today. Um, but the other thing with Phil, outside of just being a pediatrician, he does a lot of entrepreneurial ventures. And what I mean is that he does a couple podcasts. He has some courses that he's designed for parents that he takes care of their kids um, and sells those courses is basically on sleep and eating and things like that. But he also helps physicians uh, who are trying to come up with their own courses or come up with their own podcasts. And he has a kind of a, a basically a side business that helps with that as well. Um, and that's been really great for him. But one of the cool things with Phil, and one of the reasons I wanted to bring him on the show this week is he just recently started a DPC model for a pediatrician. And if you're not sure what a DPC model is, take a listen and you'll maybe get to pick up on what that is. But first, before we get into that, remember, if you haven't yet subscribed to the show, subscribe. That'll notify you whenever the show uh, has a new episode for you to listen to. Uh, If you haven't yet, try leaving a review. I'd appreciate those. Every five-star review brings the rankings on this podcast higher, which allows it to be found much easier for those dads who are searching for a show like this. And finally, share it with a friend if you haven't shared it with a friend yet. With that said, let's get to it. All right, I'm here with Dr. Phil Boucher. Phil, thanks for taking time out of your oh-so-busy schedule to hang out with me today. <laughs> hey, I'm excited to be here. Fellow Nebraskan, uh, you know, we trained together and all yeah. that. Um, you wore much more exciting uh, shirts <laughs> than I could ever pull off with your flashy colors. I don't know if you still do that. You know, I, I have. It's actually funny you say that. So, well, all of those shirts. So, so Phil and I went to residency together here in Omaha, and I frequently wore very brightly colored um, button-up shirts commonly pink and yellow and those things. I had a pink polo on yesterday at work and I walked into a room and the mom just kind of stared at me for a moment. She's like, huh, you're wearing a pink shirt. And I was like, yes, I am wearing a pink shirt. And I just kept <laughs> moving on. They obviously weren't my patients, so they were not used to me wearing bright colors. And so, well, it's um, spring. You should, I, I mean, know, you right? Know, like once it's March 21st, you can break out the Easter colors. I feel exactly. like, and you, yeah, I remember you getting lots of compliments. Yes. I, was, I was always trying to up my shirt game to try and match yours, <laughs> but I could never pull off quite the color spectrum. Yeah. Sadly, the dad gut has grown. So those shirts don't fit me anymore. <laughs> but, um, but I will say Phil, Phil beat me out. I remember he, when he was a first year resident, and we had our end of the year. I don't know if it was rewards or whatever. You got like the nurse award or something that first year from the, oh, the hospital. Sure. And it was because you made sticker suckers for the patients on the fifth floor. Well, that could be. I did make <laughs> sticker, sticker suckers for the patients. But I think the other thing that I did secretly was I brought popcorn from Costco to the nurse lounges Cheater. every month. Well, it's oh. not cheating. I mean, you have a Costco <laughs> membership. You can go to Costco well, and buy popcorn too. <laughs> so I think that might have helped. 
Nah, all right. Well, always, always finding ways. But well, yeah. So obviously, I know Phil. But for those people out there listening who don't know who you are, can you just kind of give a brief background of who you are and what you do? Yes, I am a pediatrician in Lincoln, Nebraska. I started a direct primary care pediatric clinic this year. I have six kids. We just moved a little bit outside of town to the country, not like super rural, but um, we have to drive on gravel to get to our house. And uh, I also, like you, have the podcasting bug and the creative bug. Uh, And so I like to do a lot of different creative pursuits. I like to buy, you know, tech gadgety gear, microphones and cameras and things like that. And then find that I can, you know, make videos that uh, people relate to, to some degree. I like to market. I like to try and um, educate parents outside of the exam room. I like to help other physicians that are trying to do the same. Those are kind of like some of my interests. I, we were talking before we hit record about like hobbies and stuff like that. And I could probably use another hobby, like, uh, something like tennis or something along those lines, but I do like to read a lot. I will say that I'm pretty good at making it through books. So that's kind of me, but I, but mostly I just like to like focus on spending time with my family and, um, not getting too caught up in, uh, being overly busy, but I try and keep myself quite busy, but fit in what I can. It's a balance, right? It's like, you feel like you need to be busy. You want to be busy, but you can't be too busy. Um, cause then yeah, right. you, you like miss out on that family amount. side of it. Yeah. Yeah. But it changes so often that it's hard to like, know exactly what, you know, is coming or what it's going to be like. And I also, you know, try and keep in mind that like, you don't know how much time you have to pursue all these different things. You only have, you do know how much time you have with your kids in the house. Um, and so I kind of try and let that color the things that I do and don't do. Cool. Yeah. For, um, those listening, so you're married and you have how many children? We have six kids. The oldest is 12. The youngest is nine months and we homeschool them. We started homeschooling before the pandemic was even a thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, my wife loves that. She, uh, does all of the homeschooling of the kids and it makes for an interesting and fun life for us outside of town. That's awesome. Yeah. And I imagine with you got, you were telling me 20 acres. So I mean, recess, you just go outside and play, right? (laughs) Right. Exactly. But I still feel like I'm like, guys, we have 20 acres. Please go outside. Yeah. Like find something to do. I mean, it doesn't matter how much space you (laughs) have. You still like motivate them to get out the door. I know, man, gosh, I, we have, you know, the schools across the street from us and there's a playground there and the boys are just like, we have nothing to do. And I'm like, go play, just go to the playground, just do it. Exactly. Please just go outside. Please just go. Our old house, we had a playground in our backyard which they never used. And then we moved into our new house and then our kids were like, we don't have a playground now. This stings. We're bored. We have nothing to do. I'm like, you never used it before, which yeah, I can't imagine 20 acres. It's like, you haven't climbed that tree yet. Just, just go climb right, that exactly. one specifically. Just start walking that way or that way. Like get away from each other and get away from me. Yeah. So, you know, for you uh, then, you know, being kind of, I guess, primary income on your house sold and being the dad in the, in the role, do you feel like, you know, work-life balance? I mean, I know balance is always that word that some people don't really like integrations. In other words, some people use, but trying to, you know, wear that hat of being say primary breadwinner versus being the present dad at home. Do you feel like that's gotten easier or harder kind of based on what you've been doing? Um, easier actually. Uh, so 
I came to town, worked for seven years in a private practice group with uh, other pediatric partners, and then last year decided going to go out on my own, going to do direct primary care. That um, so I, I found that during those seven years, like it did take more um, to make sure that my hours and my charting and those things weren't um, butting up against uh, family obligations and wanting to be present for for my kids and my wife. Um, now I have a lot more control over my schedule. Now I have a lot more control over the things that I do and don't do. And I can fit more things in during the day if I need to, so that I can go home and be, be present. Um, I think that's something that, that takes work and it takes figuring out what works. And sometimes I think that will lead me to, uh, or that did lead me to butt heads with people, uh, in that I would say, well, that doesn't really work for us and our family. And I would often hear that's the way it's always been done. And I think that is a common problem in medicine is the way it's always been done. And this, you have to live and die by your job mentality that I, I do think is changing from the things that I see um, other physicians doing and the pushback um, that that is going on amongst physicians. And, and I think that's good. I think that does help to make it clear that, okay, yeah, in the past, you know, 120 hours per week, bravo, you did that during residency. And now we have work hour restrictions. And, you know, like we were saying at the beginning of this, like you only have one life and my life is not all about um, being a doctor. That's certainly a big part of my life, but it's not my whole life, nor would I want it to be, nor would it be what I want to be remembered for um, in the end. And so I think that those things, if you can focus on that and figure out how to work around that, then you can figure out how to get your charts done more efficiently. Then you can figure out how to make it home for dinner and um, be present the way that you want to be. It's mostly a mindset thing rather than the limitations that are placed on you by where you work or who you work for. Yeah, definitely. And I, you know, I think definitely when you see, I think physicians of today compared to even 10, 15 years ago, that mindset, I feel like is overall changing. Like you said, you know, definitely more present on, yes, I'm a doctor, but I'm not just a doctor. And I, you know, I can't remember, was your, were your parents physicians, were they in medicine? Mm-mm. No, nope. so they weren't in medicine. So yeah. I, didn't really have, I didn't really have any family members that were in medicine. Because I remember growing up with my dad, that was very much his thing. He was a doctor and that's what he did and constantly working, which was, you know, great for him. OBGYN, they're always working, um, it seems like. But I, I definitely see that those kind of expectations have shifted in terms of what we want out of life and what we do and, and those kind of things. And, you know, you mentioned you had just switched over to doing this uh, DPC model for um, pediatrics, which I don't think you hear about as much in pediatrics as you, and maybe sometimes on the family practice side or adult medicine. Right. For people who don't know what that is, what is it? It's a, a new way. Uh, it's a new delivery model for healthcare in which you don't accept insurance. At the end of the day, that's that's the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. And um, what that means is I don't have to um, have all of the restrictions that are placed on physicians by insurance companies. I don't have to have people uh, employed that their job is to file claims and file appeals and hound people for um, money. Uh, instead, what we're able to do is charge a monthly membership fee that covers everything that we need um, to do for for patients, whether it's seeing them for sick visits, whether it's their checkups or their vaccines, 
um, whether they just need to text us and say, hey, is this rash normal or is this something that I need to be worried about? We can do all of those things um, because we don't have to, you know, justify to insurance companies what we're doing. We also um, don't have to bring people into the office for things that could be handled as a telemedicine visit or a text message because we don't rely on the fee-for-service model for getting reimbursed for uh, our time and the work that we do. And so it's basically like uh, Netflix or a gym membership. You pay a monthly fee, you get as much access uh, as you want and need. And um, with that, patients love the way that they can just easily connect. I mean, we live in a, a convenience culture. And so let's be more convenient for families. And that's just worked exceedingly well for the families that we get to serve and take care of. Awesome. Yeah. And some people will ask, how's it different from concierge medicine? Because some people hear what you said and say, oh, that sounds like concierge medicine. How's it different? So there's a little bit of like nomenclature difference. um, And there's a little bit of actual practicalities of everyday um, work and life. Um, Most people that say that they practice concierge what they do is they accept insurance, but they requ- they require a fee to join their practice. So they file with insurance, um, but they also require umpteen dollars per month or year to have access to the practice. Gotcha. So that and and I think that preceded the direct primary care movement in that that that's been around for a while, and it was just you had to pay so many thousands of dollars to have higher access to your internist or your family doctor. Um, And now uh, direct primary care, basically we just don't deal with insurance at all. And instead we figure out how much things are gonna cost and then charge the patients a low monthly fee um, to provide those things. Cool. Do you feel like financially it it works for you? I mean, I know some people will be like, well, I I mean, how am I gonna, you know, see enough patients to make money or have enough people to, you know, get that monthly income like like I'm used to. Do you feel like financially it it makes sense for people to do it? I think it makes sense for the right people to do it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, the overhead is much lower. If you look at the regular practice that's hospital owned or private practice, um, that's a traditional fee for service model. Their overhead is high because they have a lot of employees and a lot that they have to put into that. We are able to run a tighter ship. And so it's mostly convincing parents and families that it's a good choice for them, get them on a monthly membership plan, continue to take care of their needs. And the nice thing is that if you take care of their needs and they've got a bunch of illnesses, you get paid. And if they have a month or six months where they really don't need much, you still get paid. And so, you know, when I was in private practice with a traditional model, uh, we'd go to Disney World and we'd pay for Disney World, which is expensive. We'd pay for the plane rides and all of the things with vacation. And then I'd also get pay, you know, pay for not making revenue that week that I was gone for and the the dollars that that costs. So the vacation costs twice as much because you lose out on all that revenue. Whereas um, in this model, you just get paid regardless of how much you do or don't do. And if you take an afternoon off, um, you still get paid and those sorts of things. You make sure that patients are cared for and taken care of, of course. Um, but you're you're not relying on the continued eat what you kill model for um, making your your income. And you have a very predictable amount of income because I can just, you know, multiply 
my my patient monthly fee by my number of patients and right there figure out you know how much i stand to take home after we cover office expenses and all that that's cool yeah that's always my i think hardest thing is i I think i struggle with that when we go on vacations is it's like oh yes we get to finally have some family time and oh it costs this not a big deal oh it costs this not a big deal and then as i'm there i'm like Oh yeah, I'm not working this week. Oh yeah, this is what I usually make in a week. Oh man, this right. this, this just got a lot more expensive as a vacation. Right, right. And then I get back and I start looking at my numbers for the month, and I'm like, oh, I'm a little behind now on my numbers, and that absolutely can cause a little, a little bit of stress if you let it affect you a little yeah. bit there. It's a total shift because like, yeah. if if my schedule's really empty, I'm like, great, I can you know catch up on other things. I can. Mm-hmm. Um, record some uh, videos, you know, to share with parents and get new patients in that way. I can, you know, uh, connect with my, uh, my employees and all those sorts of things. It's fine if our schedule is quite empty for the day. I don't, it doesn't make me worry that, oh my gosh, how are we going to, you know, keep the lights on this month because patients are cared for and no, seeing an empty schedule just means we're taking good care of patients and they're not having issues at the moment. And shouldn't that be, I mean, that really should be how it is. I I mean, it's, I'm not having to see you because you're healthy because you're following all the things we talk about and I want to keep you out of the office. And that's, I mean, it's such a weird, right. you know, catch 22, I feel like in medicine. And, and I think anybody in primary care recognizes that I really right, only want to see you for your care. annual visit. I don't want to have to see you for anything else. And if you're coming in frequently, that means maybe I'm not doing a good enough job or I didn't explain it to you well enough or something like that. So no, that's definitely right. a, a cool idea. And I like how you do, you know, you got videos for your patients and things like that and parents to look at. Cause then, yeah, if you got that stuff out there, instead of them calling all the time, they have a resource to look at, which is cool. So right. it like- allowed me to connect yeah. with more people. Like if something's going on in the community, if we have a lot of GI bugs, like we do right now, mm-hmm. just put out some information and then people don't call because they just watch the video. Like, Oh, that makes sense. We'll just do this. Oh, the brat diet. We don't have to do that. We can just feed them what we normally feed them. Oh, great. Well, I won't call or text or, you know, check in unless this, this, and this happened, which I learned from your, your video that I watched on Instagram. Yeah, no, that's cool. Do you feel like you mentioned going on vacation though? Do you, do you ever fear that the, the model of always being available affects vacation for you? Well, that was a fear before I started. And what, what we did, so two months in, we went on a trip to Florida for a week and um, what I did was I had a friend from residency um, who's a pediatrician here in town and she kind of babysat my practice. And so she would, um, you know, touch base with uh, my nurses who were in the office and would come over over her lunch or on her day off or she, they found time to get patients seen so that patients were seen and taken care of just as if I was here, but we were on an island. We didn't even have a road or bridge. We had to take a water taxi to get there. Like it was very secluded getaway. And it felt great to be like, that was something to figure out. And it felt great to figure out, okay, this is how we can make that happen. Um, Despite, you know, being in this uh, model where patients expect a little bit more um, handholding and fewer trips to the urgent care or the ER, which we're happy to make sure is the case for patients. Cool. That's nice. Yeah. So definitely finding others around you. That's kind of create almost like creating a team, but not having to rely on that team. I guess you'd say if I don't know, I guess if it's the best way of putting that or finding others with the same mindset in your area that helps that a little bit. Yeah. We, I, we have a really good nurse triage team and then overnight there's a, a nurse triage line that, that helps so that I don't have to worry that, you know, patients are going to be calling me at two in the morning for mm-hmm. a Tylenol dose or something like that. Um, 
and that, and that's made it very much possible to do all of this. But that was like a challenge going into it. Is like, am I ever going to get a break? Am I going to be yeah. returning text messages at eight p.m. when I'm putting the kids down to bed? Um, there's a, there's unknowns with with everything that you do, and like there's a risk benefit ratio for everything. Um, so figuring out what that is, and then and then figuring out how to uh, protect yourself against too much risk. Like that was what really went into figuring all this out. That's cool. So do you feel like on the dad side of things now, now that you are not in the clinic, say as much, or I know with the DPC models, your, your patient panels a lot lower because you don't have to be seeing thousands of patients and things like that. Do you feel like it's made the dad side and the parenting side and the husband side better? Yes, because I can do more work uh, at work and less work at home. In the past, I would, you know, get up in the morning to do a lot of like this video writing um, side gig sort of stuff. Uh, And now I just get up in the morning and exercise. I try and play chess with one of our kids uh, each morning and read and make breakfast and get out the door at a regular time after uh, you know, the kids are ready for school and I've been present. And then I go home and do the same thing. I don't really have to bring work home for me. I just have more time during the daylight hours, of you know, the normal workday hours to get other things that I like to done and take care of patients and our business and all of those sorts of things. That's so yes, it has allowed me to feel less uh, burdened by getting things done outside of the nine to five ish. That's very cool. Yeah. I bet I'm sure there are people out there that maybe have thought about the DPC model, but never really fully looked into it. But sounds like from you, you definitely recommend at least checking it out, you know, and definitely oh, yeah. investigating it and all those kind of things too. So yeah, for cool. sure. I mean, I it's it's been fantastic. I like would highly recommend it and talk. I get lots of messages now from people that are like kind of DPC curious. Mm-hmm. I'm always like, yeah, let's talk. Let's figure out, you know, if this is right for you and what that would look like in your area. I'm, I mean. I'm a a convert and believer. (laughs) That's awesome. So Phil, I know for you, you also kind of wear a lot of hats. And one of those things is you help other physicians with things like making their own podcasts or making their own courses, even websites, that kind of stuff. What got you into doing that? Because that's, I think, really interesting too. I like... I, I like being creative and I've liked getting like to start my own podcast and having a parenting podcast. And then I started doing like these online courses. So I made a sleep training course that I sell to parents, you know, that want to do that or I give it to my, to my, my patient family so that they have some more guidance for sleep training and all those sorts of things. And then, um, you know, enough people asked me like, how do you do this? Uh, that I was like, well, I can, teach you and show you how to do it. And that gradually uh, over the period of a year or two led to a team that I uh, employ. And we do that for other physicians because there's a lot of tech hurdles and a lot of um, you know, mental blocks that come with, I don't know how to do a website. I don't know how to set up a webinar. I don't know how to write email copy and those sort of things that stand in the way of physicians creating that course or doing that coaching program or those different things that they want to do. And I like that part of it. And my team likes that part of it. And so we just uh, offload those tasks from physicians so that they can focus on creating their podcast, creating their videos, coaching, creating their online course, doing those things that like only you can do with your voice and your face, those, and your, your way of connecting with your audience. We take all the other stuff and, and take care of that so that you don't have to. And, and like, for me, it, the challenge is 
a lot of different physicians have a lot of different things. They coach on different things. They create courses on different things. So it's been neat to learn from them and see what works for them. And uh, it also is a challenge of like, how can we automate this? How, how can we take what we do and, and make it really easy for other physicians to do that too? How can we offload those tasks from everybody? Delegation, automation, getting rid of things that don't need. Those are the fun challenges that, that we get to work through so that we can keep taking on more and more clients. That's cool. Well, if there are physicians out there listening and they're like, hey, I really want to learn more about this DPC stuff or, hey, I kind of want to make a course or something like that. How can they reach you if they got questions? The easiest way is probably just to send me a message on Facebook, honestly. Like I don't, I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook, but it is the easiest place for people to for like fellow physicians to connect. Otherwise you can email me too, or, or drphilboucher.com or highyieldphysicians.com is like the, the branding for the, the help that we give to other physicians. And so those would be the places, but I'm, I'm pretty easy to reach online. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure that there are links to that in the show notes that people can check out if they're interested in that. So, but yeah, man, I appreciate you taking time out, talking dad life, talking to the DPC model. I'm definitely, you know, I'm always interested in all these different things. And so it's, it's cool to hear how it's going with you. And, you know, like we said at the beginning of the show, we we've gotten, we've known each other since residency and continue to follow along with each other. And so it's, it's cool to see where things are now, where they were, gosh, five, six, I don't even know how many years it's been, I guess. That was like 10 years ago. Yeah, I know, right? That's forever ago. I don't even know anymore, but yeah, but it's cool, man. Well, thanks again and uh, good luck with everything. Absolutely. Great to chat. Yeah. Okay. I'd just like to thank Dr. Phil Boucher again for coming on the show and talking not only dad life with me, but more about this whole DPC model with pediatrics, because you you hear a little bit about these DPC models out there in the community and and maybe online you've seen it, but aren't really familiar with what exactly it is. So hopefully that gave you a little bit more information because when you look at it, really the goal for this is not only being more convenient for your patients, but really more convenient for yourself as a doctor. So again, I really appreciate him coming on the show. If you want to reach out to him, I'll leave links for his contact information in the show notes for you to check them out. Otherwise, hope you're staying healthy, staying safe, and remember to embrace the imperfections, and I will see you next time. My dad, Dr. Jeremy Toffel, is a pediatrician, father, and husband. The information provided in this podcast is not meant to be medical advice and is for your education and entertainment only.